live, live. Ah. Ah, well, good morning, everybody. 90, 94th show today. How about that then, eh? So, uh, so good morning to you. Um, and I'll just put the countdown timer on. I'm Andrew Jenkins. And uh, yeah, we are... Uh, We've got a great, uh, we've got a great morning ahead of us this morning, and this is just a short countdown timer to help the various feeds catch up and settle down. And we can't wait for today's groovy show, folks. And we're going to be hanging out again, actually, with the ever so listenable to Kieran O'Donnell, virtual finance director, founder of Own Your Own Numbers, and uh, finance director, CFO, award winner, and former head of strategy at Talk Talk. How about that? I'm just waiting for the LinkedIn feed to pop along. I think I've just found it, so that's all good. Lovely. Great. And we can Andrew, I'm going to put my dog out and be back in one second. Yeah, no problem. Dog's got to be put out. The dog starts barking when we go live. That's great. So, uh, yeah, good morning, Tilly. That's great. So the feed's coming through. That's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, give us a wave, Sarah. Uh, fantastic moderator. Brilliant. Kira's just going to sort the dog out, so he'll be back in a minute. And we've got Tilly's gang from Marketing CX in the background, just in case the comments don't come through our end. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn's been giving us some weird issues recently, so hopefully we'll be all right today with numbers and things like that. Um, so uh, anyway, and uh, here's Kieran. Give us a quick wave, Kieran. <laughs> there you go. He's back. He's back. The dog's sorted. And uh, yeah, so with Kieran, me, Sarah, Ghost, our sponsors, and Marketing CX, that's today's team, folks. Well, let's give a quick well. And here's our opener. Brilliant. So, oi oi people. Hi gang, it's Lita's live showtime folks. After a couple of weeks break over the Easter period, we are back, baby. We are live, live, live this morning, spreading the love again, as usual. Yabba, yabba dabba do. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed um, our uh, groovy build-up, folks, and uh, our groovy opener as well, gang. And uh, we're delighted that we've been powered by sponsor brand and design agency Ghost. And uh, oh, and please let me know if our audio is coming through okay too, please. Um, so we think it is. So uh, yeah, so that's that. Let's uh, let's just bring on the next scene. So uh, yeah, so if you're new to Leaders Live, a warm welcome to you. I love that little subs button. And uh, Leaders Live is a dynamic show, folks, that generates business through networking, community, and extraordinary conversations, just like we're going to be having today. And as mentioned in the countdown, I'm Andrew Jenkins, and I host this interactive weekly Leaders Live show that's built an awesome community of like-minded leaders. And some of you are already on already, which is brilliant. So please don't be shy. We'd love, love, love you to in introduce yourself, interact with the show, join in. Uh, with the comments, chat, ask questions, interact with us. That's an interactive show, folks. And we have three simple rules. A safe community, mutual respect, and please no selling in the room. And our motto is I to the power of we. And look, a really easy way that you can um, support us in the show, folks, um, this free show and all the effort that we put into making the show work for you guys is you can buy me a coffee on buymeacoffee.com backslash leaders live. <laughs> buy me five and you get a free half hour coaching session, folks, as well. And uh, Sarah will put the link in the feed as well, or somebody will put the feed in. If Sarah can't do it, Marketing CX will do it for us. And uh, you get a shout out too. And uh, yeah, that's how it works. So it looks something like this, if I can make it work. I haven't tested it this morning. Uh, let's have a quick look. Uh, looks something like this. Yay, there it is. So there we go. Anyway, 
So smash those likes as well, folks, and those thumbs up too. We'd really appreciate that. That keeps us motivated as well. And uh, and look, now this talk show enables us to kind of listen to great content, but there's so much more value when you subscribe to our our email list, folks. And uh, the link will be in the feed to our email list because, you know, you get leadership skills, teaching, value, how uh, to equip you and lead you, uh, help you to lead well. And you get freebies and updates along the way. What's not to like, folks? So uh, to make this real simple, we've now got this simple uh, link tree uh, URL. So that will be in the feed. And uh, uh, so, phew, put it all together. What do you got? Bibbidi, bibbidi, bobbidi, poo. I love that. So let's bring up our our guest for this morning. Uh, good morning, Kieran O'Donnell. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, Andrew. Thanks for the invitation to come join you this morning. Yeah, yeah you're very welcome. Eh? Brilliant. And it's all great the to people tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have you on the show again, Kieran. Um, Kieran was on the show um, about uh, business numbers uh, a few weeks back um, and how time flies. So uh, yeah, briefly, Kieran, just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and also where we're heading today give us a big picture of today's topic so yeah we were talking about um bookkeeping i guess as, a, mm. as an activity every business anyone that's watching today is part of an entity an organization that has yeah. has numbers and books at the bottom of it and we thought there's there's many interesting things actually that it will have some sort of relevance again we're not going to talk about specific numbers can be quite a dry subject but we we have exciting plans to lighten up the subject with some analogies and some some background stories and experiences yeah so where, where bookkeeping for me is is uh you have something that's i don't do personally myself but i work with some great bookkeepers and one of the great things about bookkeeping is that it can become quite a mess quite yeah easily, quite quickly and it does remind me i was on i climbed a mountain it's almost 20 years ago <laughs> I climbed Aconcagua, which is wow. Uh, the kind of the brag is it's the highest point in the world outside of the Himalayas. Uh -huh. So it's in Argentina. Okay. And I climbed as a novice. Um, in that I was I wouldn't call myself a an advanced mountaineer. It's a trek. Yeah. But we one of the one of the great things about it was was getting organised and learning all these things. One of the experiences I had was was actually we had around three or four bags that you had all your kit in, and one of the before we actually were packing our gear on the mules, these lovely mules would carry our gear to base camp. And after base camp, we would carry our bags. Anyway, long story short, we had to take our ice axes out and our crampons out just to wrap them in a specific way because otherwise they damage your gear or they damage the mules. You don't want to do that. Okay. Our gear was all over the place. Our leader came in and our leader basically just looked around and said, guys, this is a cluster F bomb. <laughs> we, cluster we F bomb. Get on, get on top of this really quickly. Yeah. Sort it out because you're holding up the show. And basically he, his, his view was, we're going to be high up a mountain within 10 days and you need to get on top of your gear right now, get organized, know where stuff is, how to access it quickly. Yeah, because when we get up there, it's yeah. going to be tougher. And, and it, his words were so true. Around two weeks later, we were in a snowstorm and we we're having to come back down. You had to reach for stuff and get organized super quickly, get a tent out, get it up in the wind. And it was like down in this little warehouse and 35 degrees was where we learned the lesson. Up there was when things got really serious. And Brilliant. there's a lovely analogy with Isn't it? early stage yeah. companies, small businesses. Everyone's planning for growth. We hear it every day. Yeah. And if you get on top of these things when the business is small and organized and you've got systems, bookkeeping is one of those people who puts the stuff in. When you, you, you are planning to climb the mountain, you want to get up there. And when you're up there, 
if you're not on top of your gear or you're not on top of your numbers or you're not on top of your transactions or or any of these things it's going to be painful and actually it can be quite dangerous so yeah. it's, it's not to over over i don't know over the subject yeah yeah but there's an element of it <clears throat> business owners that are on top of these things it's great fun when you're up the mountain knowing when things go wrong you know exactly where stuff because is. you're covered yeah that's not a great, great analogy up, not great being up there when yeah yeah brilliant analogy and um you're going to kick us off um to get the audience going as well so um and we'll come on to audience stuff in a moment there's uh, quite a bit going on the feed already which is great but we want more to go on the feed so just to um encourage that interaction um kieran's got a question for you as the audience um so that you can interact with us um what's your question uh kieran yeah we'd love to know how dependent are you on your bookkeeper yeah simple as that just to get a flavour of uh, that. So that's, oh, that's an interesting question. Ooh, and uh, that will be in the feed in a moment. So uh, in fact, it probably is in the feed right now. Yeah, just to get a flavour. How dependent are you on your bookkeeper? Thanks, Sarah. So um, there's a little bit of a delay in the feed. So please interact with that question just to kick the feed off um, so that we can interact with you. And uh, while the comments are coming, let me just introduce Mrs. Moderator. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing really well, thank you. Yeah, Brilliant. interesting topic from my point of view this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sarah's a Sarah's a finance manager too, so a bit like uh, Kieran, um, you know, different kind of ends of the scale here. Um, with Kieran being sort of, yeah, you know, virtual. I, I relate. I relate to the bookkeeping end of things. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, very yeah. much where I'm coming from this morning. Brilliant. So all you, all you bookkeepers out there, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Feel the pain. And uh, yeah, so there we go. So back to Kieran. So we'll come back to you again in a moment. We'll just let the feed build up. Looks like there's one or two things coming in the feed already. So back to the uh, to Kieran again. And just before you begin, Kieran, let's give you a round of applause. <sighs> so I hope you love the groovy build up, Kieran. <laughs> feel the love. Feel the love. Lovely. And uh, yeah. So look, Kieran, just as we're waiting for the feed to catch up, um, Let's start with a question um, while we uh, while we're waiting for that. Let's dig into this subject a little bit and explore the connection, Kieran, between sort of you know trust and the relationship with a bookkeeper and the business, you know, and what makes these attributes so important, Kieran. Take it away for us. Yeah, I think the dependency. What's nice about it is mm. it's a real open question. You could just be dependent on them to yeah you know put stuff onto the system, sales invoices and purchase invoices. You could be dependent on them that if your team have a query about payroll or something, they can sort it out. But actually, I think it's quite a bigger, deeper subject where mm. you actually, the higher the dependency, it's trust, reliance, all these other things is it becomes quite key in a relationship. And we all know as business leaders, if, if somebody's on it, it doesn't have to be just bookkeepers, by the way, but at the, at the cold face yeah. of, I don't say data entry, but at the kind of the lowest tier of where the, the activity happens. When those people are on it, it saves so much time and headspace. Back to the headache and the aspirin in our title for today. It really helps business leaders just have a huge amount of more time and headspace to think about growing, running their business differently, rather than fighting fires, rather than, um, we, we do joke about it, but there's a great story of Guy. I mean, this is a famous story. Guy goes to the doctor in Manhattan and the doctor says he's got a nasty bite in his arm. And the, <laughs> the doctor says to the guy going, where do you get the bite? And the, the patient says, oh, my cat bit me. The doctor <laughs> says, it's a nasty, I mean, it's a nasty, yeah. it's a nasty bite. But he dresses the wound and he, and the patient goes home. 
Mm. And the doctor pretty much convinced that this is not the full story. So he calls the police and he says, I've had a patient come in with a bite. He says his cat bit him. I don't think he bit him. I don't think it was a cat. Or if it was, it was a big cat. And the guy goes, what do you think bit him? And he says, well, uh, I'm not a, an animal expert, but I think it's a tiger. Wow. And the police are thinking, sorry, this is Manhattan. So they send around, obviously it being America, they'll send around heavily armed group of people to <laughs> knock on a door. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they knocked on the door and sure enough, he had a Siberian tiger in his flat. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Which is amazing, which actually what I think it led to that crazy statistic that came out after this whole story, which was there's more tigers in captivity in the US than there are in the wild. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Thing. Yeah. But, but bringing it back to leaders and bookkeepers, there's an element of if you are just going to your bookkeeper to keep putting a Band-Aid on something, mm. you might have really big issues that you're just not being open and honest with. So you're just passing rubbish through yeah. back to this cluster F-bomb and just expecting it to magically turn into something. And I think that the relationship with a bookkeeper, the dependency is that if you do go with a wound, is you can tell them how you got the wound. Because a lot of bookkeepers or great bookkeepers, as I like to call them, will can help you not just deal with that mess but actually fix it so this is the law of increasing returns that more stuff becomes easier higher yeah. volume can actually be easy stuff for for uh, a leader to get their head around when thousands of transactions comes back in such a clean way for them to see and understand and to understand the story of what's really going on and not to call it a cat bite, but to really, exactly. really tell you. Um, I think when we were talking, you said, look, don't tell don't tell the, the CEO something smells a bit. <laughs> tell them it stinks, right? Is that exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's a great, absolutely, it's a great phrase. <laughs> and CEOs sometimes also need a bit of hand to just get a bit of context. Yeah. Like if, if we don't fix this, what's the impact? If we so don't it fix could this, be the simple one would be if our customers don't pay us, we run out of money. Yeah. Now a bookkeeper will do all the work to raise invoices and reconcile a bank and match payments. But if they're not got a simple channel back to the CEOs to here's the customers who have not yet paid us, it does make it more difficult for a CEO to actually, they've got so many things going on. Leaders are busy people. Yeah. And it's better for us to be busy on the good stuff rather than just being pulled into clean up messes where actually you could have resolved these things or changed the process. So going forward, after we tidy this up, I've got the, the wound fixed on my arm. What's yep. the best thing to do is put a tiger in, in a bit more of a suitable living environment. <laughs> Don't go back to the tiger. Yeah, indeed. Don't go back to the tiger. Yeah, I like that. Let's give you a quick break for a minute. Um, Sarah, what's going on the feed? Mrs. Moderator, over to you. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know if the feed's a little bit slow today or mm. whether people are just being a bit shy. So we'll wait. <laughs> don't be shy, folks. Don't, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Um, good to see a couple of names that I don't know. Good morning to Russell Yeomans. Hello, Russell. Um, and Mogamat. Mm. Uh, good morning, Matthias. Um, interesting, Mateus. he says that he's in control of his own um, numbers at the moment because he's establishing a business. Um, so hasn't hired a bookkeeper yet. But I think from my point of view, it's even if you don't hire one, you need to talk to one to see what do I need to do to get the bits in place first was a start. Start start well and you'll finish strong. Yeah. And grow um, better. Right. Yeah. And ap apologies to Lurie um, about the tiger joke and the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okie dokie. Yep. And uh, she says I need to hire one as well as Laurie, I think mm. there. 
Yeah. Hire a good one. Hire a good right. one. Absolutely. Don't yeah. just hire Don't any Don't just old. hire one. Hire a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I know we'll probably touch on this as well, but fit is, is a really important part of this. So mm. it is on the business owner to explain their business and attract or find or connect with bookkeepers or same in any other role, mm. someone who works in that environment. Yeah. So and, it's very and, easy, especially in the portfolio, fractional, whatever word you, whatever space you use, is having someone who you are a good fit with. Um, yeah indeed and and also you know importantly and this is where sarah comes in here is that it's not just the, the larger companies as well which you know, sarah works for you know a small an sme but also she does books for you know smaller solo entrepreneurs as well um because that's really important and getting those things right as you just said sarah you know it's not just about the bigger yeah, companies is it it's about um, <clears throat> organize the chaos at the start organize the chaos so you don't get the cluster <laughs> bombs later yeah. on the f-bombers I mean, kieran called it yeah rebecca yeah. jenkins says a good book oh, invaluable to a business they do keep you on track and um, kieran what would you say the traits are of a great book oh keeper? there we go rebecca's on a the questions yeah yeah i would say i mean top of my list would be a great fit Great. So we all we all work in um, in a, quite a non-linear way, in that you can't just kind of ex um, expect a bookkeeper to be there whenever you need them, but you've got to try and get into that flow with your bookkeeper. So you're passing them structured information, and they're able to do something with it. If you if you send something across to them um, that is just a mess, it it doesn't actually help you when your business grows. So I suppose like that key trait of that mutual relationship or that fit is that a bookkeeper is able to manage upwards and manage the client as well as the client being receptive to all these suggestions of how to improve their life. Yeah. So, so very easy, very easy that one transaction can just screw everything up. I don't, I don't say like take a business down, but can just make a profit and loss or, um, any sort of set of financial accounts just look a complete mess. But if you've got many transactions going through it, it's, it's just really important that the, the bookkeeper is not just a servant. It's mm -hmm. the, the, I think those days are gone. I mean, if you don't feel like your bookkeeper is going to ask you those questions, those probing questions, I don't think you've got the right bookkeeper. Yeah, so it's more than just, just doing the numbers right and just you know, making sure that things are paid and suppliers are sorted and invoices are raised. It's, it's a lot more subtle, isn't it, is what you're saying. And, and there's a balance between, you know, you said a great fit. So there's something about chemistry there and something about good relationships and also being able to, to tackle difficult questions um, or at least to bring up difficult things that are happening and to be able to, to do that well. Um, but also to so. be clear with the numbers as well and to have a clear picture on what's going on and also to clear up any mess that that's around is that, you know, with a good bookkeeper, you don't get financial mess, right? You know, everything's clear and, and you know, and it's working properly, Kieran. Exactly. I mean, back to these, this, this climate at Concagua, there was, there was a real benefit of a, of a leader um, at, or a briefing at the end of each day saying, uh, this went well, how's yeah. everyone feeling, all that stuff. But here are the things that can be improved. Yeah. And sometimes you just need that clean, objective feedback. Ah, I like that. And you, so... Do so much, you do so much more with it. And if a bookkeeper was to say, look, if the more this mess continues, most of the bookkeepers I work with enjoy working less hours mm. on easy stuff rather than more hours on complex, messy stuff. It's just yeah. the mindset. It's so much easier and more fun to work less 
you'll fill your time, but you'll work, but working less or facing a problem going, I can do this in an hour. Yeah. It's very exciting. Uh, totally. Yes. So actually make your job easier with a good bookkeeper and it makes it look easy, right? It might not necessarily be easy, but just having systems in place and, and, yeah. and things reported correctly, just make it so much easier for a business and make it easier on the bookkeeper as well, because they've got good systems. Two way. Totally yeah, two absolutely. Way. And, two way. And Sarah hit on yeah. the point where it, it is a frustration maybe of the finance world. You can have finance directors, FDs, accountants, bookkeepers. Yeah. The reality is a lot of bookkeepers have just pure through pure experience, like other people in your organization, when people build up experience, find they might not be a finance director or a CFO, but they actually know and have insights and wisdom that touches in on some of these subjects. Mm. So, you know, you don't have to pay an expensive or you know, FD or CFO to come into your business to get your house in order. A bookkeeper can do that for you. So you'll uh, find uh, that they've got they've got the skills yeah. to be able to just um a great example would be is you've got nothing to look at. You will never have that debrief that our mountain guide had with us. So you need to almost have that, that debrief. debrief moment and say, yeah. have you got everything? Yeah. Have you processed everything? What does it look like? Mm. Where are the gaps? Where are the holes? What do we, you know, what do you need from me? And I think that level of respect and that relationship does become quite a, back to the dependency, becomes a very dependent person in your business where you yeah. know what you pass them and you know what they're going to do with it. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's absolutely right, isn't it? You know, and having that, so someone's got the detail and that triangular relationship you mentioned, you know, that and leveraging that is really important. So, you know, the relationship between the detail on what the numbers are actually saying, which is the bookkeeping yeah. role, the FD, which has, you know, a strategic uh, influence, if you like, and can interpret the numbers quickly. And also, you know, the CEO and the three of those meeting just on just in short bursts, you know, but having regular meetings and just talking about the numbers um, means yeah. that everything's transparent and open. Right, Kieran, is that, is that what that's it? Yeah, there's, there's loads of activities. I mean, if you think of the sales cycle is that you're dependent on this person yeah. either billing your customers for you. Yeah. And if your customer has a problem, do you trust the bookkeeper to be able to resolve it? Absolutely. The, yeah. The bookkeeper does, or sorry, if the client doesn't pay, do you trust your bookkeeper, bookkeeper to, to sort it? say, yeah. pretty please sugar on top, you need to pay the bill. Yeah. Um, if your <laughs> staff have got queries on you know, payroll expenses, do you trust your bookkeeper to be able to process it? Brilliant. You know, with the usual level of professional, sympathetic, empathetic, yeah. Relationship. Can, every bookkeeper, if there's a few watching here or leaders watching here, you'll have staff that will go to a bookkeeper saying, my pay's changed, why has it changed? Yeah. And the bookkeeper will, in a nice, polite way, say, hey, it's not my fault. It's actually just your tax code's changed. Yeah. But because you're in business and you have staff, these queries do pop up. Indeed. And what you'd like is that the person is, the, the bookkeeper is just, before you have a full-time person, or even if you do have a full-time person, is the person who will just unlock and get on with not just you as the CEO and leader, and your leadership team, but your whole team and your customers. So it's quite a high dependent role. Yeah. And if you make it fun, it's great. I mean, you you might be able to work with a bookkeeper for three years before you get to a point where you need a full-time one. I mean, I've got a great, great client where we've worked for six, maybe say seven years mm -hmm. and it, it's gone from say 250K turnover to maybe you know, forecasting five mil. Wow. And, and the bookkeeper's time back then was maybe say 10, 12 hours a month and now the business is almost um, 20 times bigger mm. is 25 hours a month because yeah. the system pro system approach to 
happy clients, happy customers, simple structured systems and processes, that it doesn't have to bloom with the business, but actually the dependency, there's a lot more stakeholders and relationships because the business is bigger, but actually the mindset is still, if we, if we make this easy, everyone enjoys it. I like and that. the CEO loves seeing the numbers that are easy to Easy to un right? understand, yeah, yeah. and an yeah. easy picture. I like that. Yeah, very, very good. Give you a break for a quick moment. Mrs. Moderator, what's going on? Oh, lots going on in the feed. Right, let's pick it up. Um, let's have a look. Um, here we go. So, Rebecca, again, um, a really, really good question here, Kieran. When you do a quick assessment of business financials, what are the warning signs that say you need a good bookkeeper? Oh, brilliant. Wow. Rebecca, you are on fire this morning. <laughs> no pressure there. I'm sure Sarah, yeah, I'm come sure on, Sarah, has her, Sarah has her little wound as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, I think there's two things really. One yeah. is what the CEO says is they mm. can't see anything. That's step one. Um, so they, they don't see it. And that means that there is a, a gap, a hole or something. But there's so many levels on an OCD level. I could just open and go, yeah, you're, you're like this little climber down in base camp with his gear all over the floor. It's like, it's just a total mess. And no wonder you can't see anything. So the, the, if I say the word chart of accounts, I mean, it's just a list of account code on your accounting system. If you've just opened up zero, which is an accounting package yeah. and just taken their A to Z um, suggested chart of accounts, instantly your head is going to just become a head crush at some stage. And if you've got a bookkeeper where stuff's just getting fired in, for example, if you've just got one nominal code called sales and anything mm -hmm. that is an income just gets fired into sales. Businesses sell stuff, but but actually probably are selling different things to different people. Yes, yeah, so you can have five or six income codes could just show the income yeah. from the recurring stuff, from the income from the one-off stuff, or the project stuff, or the whatever your business. You could probably map out very easily sales just as what you sold. It's not what you earned for a period. So it's very kind of quick and easy to see whether the hole that's in the CEO's head, which is why they reach out is because very quickly it's because the accounting information underneath them is just not going to give them anything yeah so and, just having and the what's right quite nice about it is that this is all fixable yeah so this is not you're not running a business for the first time when no one else has done it you're just mm -hmm. looking for for guidance and structure and a bookkeeper or someone higher can help you with that yeah it's not actually um i can explain it, it it's just purely upskilling people once they kind of realize ah oh, exactly can you do this is that how we do it yeah you, but it's you asking the right questions the question. isn't it actually we need some more we need some more background on the sales and what's been sold you can you do that for us please um you know, i mean i don't sound too critical if someone sends me a forecast for example in excel yeah. and the grid lines are turned on i mean i've got to turn them off <laughs> so that might answer rebecca's question on a deeper level which is i can see the grid lines and i can go this is trouble yeah. <laughs> So, but that, that's really critical you can have a great forecast with the grid lines on i can just go yeah i kind of sense when the grid lines are on people don't realize you know that the forecast is probably not as good as it should be so, what do you mean by the grid lines what do you mean by when you open up excel and it's yeah. got all these little grid lines personally i just think it's just it's just too too much for any set of eyes to look at on a too screen. much visual vomit right just so you turn want it nice off and this, simple yeah turn off the clutter and then okay. suddenly uh, you can just see that 
And what do you see? You see the numbers. Okay, so it's it, again, we're back to getting rid of the, the clutter and the cluster F-bombs and things like that. So you've got real exactly. clear, real simple numbers that everyone can understand. You know, when we go and see our accountant, you know, it's like we don't really understand the world he, he speaks in or, or we get it for like 10 minutes. But then afterwards, it's like, well, what was all that about? But actually, you know, a bookkeeper speaks a different language and just makes it simple, right? For everyday business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, to be honest, it's for, back to fit, it's for a business owner to realize when you recruit all these other people into your business. Back to fit. Sales yeah. and product and marketing, you, fit is a huge part of that selection process. Mm. You should apply the same to these nice back office people who are going to just kind of crunch some numbers for you. Accounting yeah. is the same. Yeah, we, we live in a world where these titles are being broken up a little more because it's being driven by fit. Gotcha. Rather than, and I, I, just, I don't say authenticity, but you kind of, you want real people. Driven by fit. Where, mm. Yeah, we don't wear shirts and ties and jackets anymore. <laughs> Thank God for that. We're into t-shirts now. Even more better. Brilliant. Um, to give you a quick break, Kieran, what else is going on, Sarah? And have you got any comments that you want to add in as well, Sarah? Um, yeah, I think just one thing mm. from my point of view is when, when a company's really small, you kind of have, it might be you on your own or you might have somebody else with you. And as you grow, you might try and shoehorn the people you've got into, say, a finance role because they've dabbled a bit. But it's so much easier if you have somebody who actually is used to, who numbers is their thing and they will find it so much easier than trying to, it, it's kind of like having a finance brain. I call yeah. it rather than a marketing brain or a sales brain or I mean I know obviously we can all multitask but I think it is really important to recognize that actually they are a specialist and they have skills that somebody who's just dabbling won't know um, yeah and it's on the bookkeeper too I mean they can become developed obviously over time anyone sure. can mm. but they can also push back on say uh -uh, that I don't do that so there's there's a good relationship between a business owner and the bookkeeper but yeah. i think the experience of i mean if when you start with a business if you're a solopreneur i mean i've worked worked with i work with people now who started off in that that space just one person and then they they just got really good got the traction to then recruit their first person and then it becomes two and five and ten yeah and they they kept on to the same bookkeeper at that time, but they outgrew the bookkeeper too quickly. So the bookkeeper was a great fit for that immediate stage, but actually gotcha. just worked with solopreneurs when it was just a bank account. It was just very, very simple stuff. Mm. It gets a little more complicated just as the business grows. And Gosh. either your yeah. your bookkeeper can manage that because that's they can grow and develop with you yeah. and they're a good fit. Yeah. Or you just you find someone else. And it's fine because yeah. the world of we just think of the number of small businesses in this country in the uk and probably in other countries as well since COVID, it's rocketed because people have i mean i, I don't know if we probably had a mill now because COVID is three years ago but a Gosh. mill new companies opening wow is most of them 80 percent will be one to two person yeah so the, the the market's right for for needing somebody to help you but some of those will grow hire two people hire five people um yeah, but again, it's, it's hiring the right person, isn't it? And if that person grows with you, fine. And if not, then then you know you need you need different people, right? And, and it's that two-way relationship. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. And that we talked about fit. Yeah. Yeah. This this great book, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm. Bookkeepers need to become good at influencing good practice, and 
you know, it's it's not just like a top-down thing. The senior person speaks to the junior person. We live in this great space now where it's all down to leaders asking their lower kind of lower team members, what do you need me to do? Like, what can I do to make your life easier? Yeah, it's yeah, and being able to influence from even though you know, you could say, well, you know, that person's just a bookkeeper, but they're not anymore. It's oh, it's man. a lot more. It's a lot flatter than that now, isn't it? And the influence that needs to be there really, so that person in the role needs to have that ability to influence. Hence the um, the book. Um, um, what's it called again, Kieran? I've just, just I, I, how to win friends yeah. and influence people. That's it. Yeah, Carnegie, brilliant book. Um, we'll find it the link amazing. if. Uh, if Tilly can find the link for us and just pop it in the feed or Sarah or whatever, that'll be brilliant. Sarah, what's just, let's just pick up what's going in the feed as well. And then we'll move on a little bit. Okay. So uh, Mongamat um, mentions leveraging on latest technologies allowing oh, yes. for real time reporting. Yeah. I think the digital world is a wonderful thing. Hopefully gone are the days where um, the business owner rocks up with a carrier bag and goes, sort this out. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Making tax digital. I am a good fan. <laughs> So all the receipts of six months ago landed on your desk. I love it. If yeah, you're okay. if you're lucky, you've got all the if, receipts. If, if you're lucky, yeah. Mm, there <laughs> okay. we go. What else? So thanks, um, Mugamat. Let's have a look. So the, there's some talk in the chat about what is a a reasonable cost for setting up basic bookkeeping. What could you reasonably um, look to pay? Well, I suppose it's a bit like how long's a piece of string, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's a value for money box tick, I guess. So there's a market. First of all, there's market rates. So yeah. you could get a bookkeeper for twenty five pound an hour. Mm. It could be between twenty five and fifty pound an hour. Okay, depending you on the somebody, skill set. As, as Sarah said, you could have someone who takes twice as long to do it. Twenty five pound an hour is the same effectively as someone who's charging you fifty pound an hour, but does it in half the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And then okay. we have this we have this world now where maybe the pricing gets a little easier. Is that you can just assess based on transaction volumes and we'll come on to a bit of automation um a little later yeah, a little but later the, yeah. the idea of if with a bit of automation the right automation and the right tools uh, a bookkeeper might just give you a, a number i'll charge you this per month and they'll work out the time yeah, they'll say, indeed. yeah like, so they they're working with a client where the client knows whether it's three hours or five hours or whether it's 10 hours or 12 hours mm -hmm. i'm paying a fixed amount so there's pros and cons for each one. So the key oh. to Laurie's question is, have a conversation, Laurie, with you know a couple of bookkeepers. And it's a chemistry thing as well. And also a sensible bookkeeper will be able to tell you, well, it's roughly one day, you know, a month or a week or every two weeks or whatever. And, you know, you'll get a feel for it that way, I suppose. Is that, is that, would that be sensible, yeah. Kieran? If, if, if yeah. uh, I suppose I'd kind of approach it maybe the other way, which is ask a friend and go, who's running a business like yours and yeah. say, you sleep at night yeah and if they say yeah and you go so who does your books i mean <laughs> you can ask somebody we're in a world of referrals now right. so yeah. do you have a great bookkeeper and yeah if they say yeah i'm stressed out i don't know what i only just look at my bank account they don't even have a good bookkeeper you just need to keep looking yeah. so I'm, I'm in that space well, Laurie, just have a conversation with Sarah. She'll, uh, I'm sure she'll, she'll put you in the right direction. So uh, there's a bit of networking for you. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, just popped you in there, Sarah. So. <laughs> but actually, Sarah has lots of conversations with lots of businesses about those kind of things. So um, 
yeah that might be helpful yeah it's really interesting i think Mm. you know as kieran said it's about relationship it's about the fit it's about all about the having a relationship that shows that you value what the bookkeeper's doing because if you don't value bookkeeper they're just going to go do you know what i'm not prioritizing you yeah there's there's so many problems that business owners have to work out anyway from what goes into your product or service what do you charge so these are all kind of component parts that help a business owner get on top of and succeed in whatever they're selling or producing. So a bookkeeper is kind of part of the same thing is you have to figure it out. Yeah. So are you looking for a job or are you looking for clients? So the the relationship, if the business grows, can you help us when we grow? Or are you flat out now and you can just barely squeeze us into your busy portfolio? Yeah. So there's, I think the, the, the conversation of flow should be open in two ways that if it's a success, you keep working together and, and, or you that's find it. a way to, to extend a winning relationship, but you've got to kind of work out what is the relationship? Because if, if one side leans, it's like many other things, if you lean too much and it annoys the other side, well, they're not going to hang around. And it's, it's likewise, if you need and depend exactly. on a bookkeeper to help you and they can't be depend or you, you can't depend on them. Well, you have to find somebody that you can. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it, because it's a, it's a very dependent relationship, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Or interdependent, should I say? Yeah. And COVID, just to back to one of the comments Sarah made, mm. we live in a great world of now connectivity and with a bit of automation, and the world of making tax digital. That you don't need to find a physical bookkeeper that's in the local town or nearby, or that. You, yeah, it's nice to catch up with people. Of course, it is face to face. Virtual bookkeepers. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the world has changed from that. You can have people who, you know, businesses in the north of England with a bookkeeper in the south of England. Yeah, it, absolutely. It works. Yeah, it it's works. No absolutely. So it's just we're in a figure. great space of finding people mm. is even easier through either your your network, but you'll normally find the answer for somebody where, if you think of marketing, you don't go to somebody and say who does your marketing if they do no marketing. You find somebody where you're really impressed with their marketing, saying who does. Indeed, yeah, indeed. Sarah, what else is going on? Have you got some Um, another question in the feed? Uh, Yeah, there's one from Mateus now. I don't know that one. Oh, series chart down. (laughs) Series joining in. (laughs) Is that the one? Yeah, Siri can't help us. Um, Yeah, Mateus um, was saying that entering the sustainability and green economy era, Mm. where the triple line profit planet and people is frequently being mentioned do you see this as a trend among bookkeepers as well interesting um not not necessarily something as kind of open as that it's a great subject it's a great question great question yeah i like that planet profit people yeah i think there's an element of bookkeepers don't necessarily have to commute to an office yeah they might find that actually they are just in a greener space where they are, you know, work from home or work locally or work in some sort of local co-working space where they're not necessarily just doing the traditional commute and the traditional kind of role beyond. I mean, so I don't know if necessarily bookkeepers kind of plant trees on behalf of their clients, but I think we are in the space where um, I know marketing agencies that only target customers who fit the same values that they fit. And I know a lot of businesses also select people to work with them that fit the same values. There's no reason you can't do the same with a bookkeeper. I think um, it's a great marketing example for bookkeepers if they only want to work with sustainable businesses. 
yeah. for them to only work with sustainable businesses. You find those very, businesses, right? Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's a, it's a really nice way for actually for a bookkeeper to pick up more clients where they only work with sustainable businesses. And mm. back to the fit conversation, Nation. it really yeah. gets under the skin of yeah. you who you are as an individual. So the business can select somebody that's a good fit for the business. But also, I don't say bookkeepers have to niche down, but bookkeepers mostly niche into the same sort of business and sector. So if they if they have a SaaS client, so kind of a software as a service client, the same processes work will work well for other SaaS clients. They might as well just work with a portfolio of SaaS customers. Yeah, so you can you niche is what you're saying. Yeah, I like that. And then niche down again, and then yeah. niche down again. Back Lovely. To kind of that those three three real key values those yes planets uh, profit planet people i like that and uh, yeah that seems to have caused some resonance in the group we did this poll the other day which um which just really got us talking a little bit similar to the question we asked earlier what does uh, what impact does your bookkeeper have on your business you know make better decisions save us hours of time sleep better at night which we've talked about I don't know. What am I missing? Um, there should be a question mark there, but never mind. You know, interesting stats there. What do you think about that, Kieran? What what does that bring to mind for you? So the it, I mean, it's funny putting up these three things. I think when yeah. we always put a fourth answer, it's the is there is there anyone else? <laughs> Have you not answered the question yet? And then there's the fourth one. What am I missing? I don't know. Yeah. The, the making better business decisions is refreshing mm. because it does. A lot of I business agree. decisions make mm. they make decisions off the cuff. Yeah, and they're subjective. They're not thought through, mm. and that's not the same critical. But they have to make a decision: Are we going yeah. up the mountain? Or are we not? Yeah. So that you have you have to make a decision, but making it based on information is is really important. So it could be as simple as when you have a bookkeeper and you can actually see what's going on. It will change how you plan going forward. So, for example, if you know you've earned a certain amount in the month. And you can see very clearly your cost base is accounted for for the month. And if you're making a profit or not enough profit, um, you can actually make decisions as to do we just keep doing the same thing mm. or do we make changes? Do we make changes to the, the team and the cost base providing the service? Do we make changes to our pricing? But you're making it based on a, an objective set of numbers. You're not making it on a whim. And I think that if a bookkeeper is having an impact on a business where they make better business decisions, it is, I mean, obviously the saving hours and better sleep is, is uh, also really important aspects, but the making better decisions, it sounds really refreshing that people are hopefully Just, making yeah, better decisions because decisions. they're presented with information. Yeah, I like that. And there's, there's the key. I mean, to me, you know, the, the first, the, 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 the two middle ones save us hours of time, sleep better at night. Yeah, I get that. But actually, they're kind of like, well, okay, so as long as the transactions are done, I'm going to sleep better at night. It will save us hours of time. Yeah, that's just logical, isn't it? But make better yeah. business. That's where the transformation is happening. And that's really interesting and encouraging to see that a lot of people are recognizing that it is about the fit and about the relationship and about trust and about the bigger game at play here that you need to really understand your figures and you need yeah. to understand them in a simple way. So I think that's great. And, and all that, just as an example, just picture mm. three years ago, yeah. we're in lockdown businesses were yeah we're faced with this real uncertainty mm. and everyone's really racing around going what decisions do we make here about our yeah. teams about our business about everything and then along comes the um coronavirus support payments so you've got people who are now business owners going straight to their bookkeeper going what do we do yeah. and <laughs> can you figure this out for going, us how do we how yeah. do we 
How do we get this? Are you going to have to? Do yeah. we pay people, furlough people? Can we furlough yeah. them? What percentage? How do we claim it? Um, how do we even? Is there a spreadsheet that we can use yeah. to just track this? And uh, if we get it wrong, and if we like do it wrong, there yeah. are repercussions for doing it wrong. Yeah, indeed. So you yeah. got you got so suddenly you've got this collaborator within yeah. your bookkeeper, which is we need to make a decision quickly. So there's the recurring stuff, which is fine, but then along comes like a COVID where yeah. you need to actually submit yeah. an Excel sheet, mm. upload something, do something, calculate something yeah. to get this lifeblood back into the business. To keep Absolutely. It and there's a whole level of competence and that resonates with you as well, Sarah, because I remember you doing that for your business. Yeah, I think that probably plunged a lot of bookkeepers into... Um, <laughs> fribulation state because it is I'm sorry. The, the, sorry. there's the, the, there's the underlying yeah <laughs> there's the underlying bit you know wave the magic wand oh actually the bookkeeper will solve everything um which is lovely to have that level of trust but it also puts a huge burden on the bookkeeper's shoulders if you haven't got that two-way discussion um, I think yeah. in, in all of this, I would say, you know, relationship and like any relationship, communication is absolutely key um, yeah, because yeah. it's no good your bookkeeper doing the best job in the world if the business owners go, well, I don't like what I'm hearing, so I'm going to ignore it anyway. Um, well, you know. decision making. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, you had the we need to make decisions and then you've got to go to your bookkeeper. Go, um, I know you're busy, but can you do this? Yeah. And back to the kind of quantifying time and hours is that unfortunately um, there's no easy answer. You've just got to figure this out with this trusted resource that, you know, you will tell them if you've got a tiger in your apartment, you've, yeah. you've got to tell them, <laughs> yeah. do I, so if I'm going to yeah. furlough some of the team and protect yeah. the business and keep going, what do I need to do? do something that just goes straight past truth. And it's, it, it, right now, HMRC be writing to thousands of businesses to, mm. to claim back incorrect things that were either accidental or intentional. So you're actually relying on this bookkeeper to give yeah, you to quick keep information. Yeah. Say, I need to look after my staff. I need to look after my people, customers, everybody, as many as possible. But yeah. I need you to help me come up with the number quickly. And also this one here that Margaret says, bookkeepers also help maintain your statutory compliance. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's, a, it's also to keep you out of jail and keep you sleeping at night, right? It's all of those things. Totally. I mean, it could be something as simple as, uh, in, in my OCD world is that the VAT return has gone in, the, the amount that you owe matches your books, the amount is paid. And as a business owner, you just know, I'm told three things, it's submitted, it's reconciled and it's paid. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get on with running my business. And the opposite is that is if it's not submitted, you don't know how much you owe, it's not reconciled, it could take you three or four days to get on top of that. So there's an instant kind of the, the worst case scenario is, is a time consuming headache where you don't sleep. The other one is knowing it's been done correctly, completely reconciled and I'm off running my business. Yeah, so it's a, it's a true game changer by having that reliance and that dependency with someone who, who knows what's going on. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. And, you know, um, just very briefly, I mean, we, we're sort of coming to, to, to a wrap very shortly, but, I wanted to pick up on the wider aspects that, you know, the things that we talked about bookkeepers and the business, but actually the same things, the same sort of things that we're talking about here can be applied to wider aspects of your company too, like sales and marketing and things like that. Just, just join the dots for us a little bit on that, Kieran. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the bookkeeping role, I guess, traditionally people think it's just numbers going on to an accounting system. Yeah. The, the, 
the role and the relationship, I guess, with the businesses I tend to work with, which can be mostly between, say, 10 and 70 employees. Yeah. And when it gets to 70, it starts to really grow me. Yeah. But the principle really is, um, if I look, if I think about the other functions in the business from sales and pipeline, lead generation, biz dev, that burst of activity to bring in sales and grow a business. If I think customer support and people who are supporting existing customers, and I, I think of all these lower level functions, the same lessons apply in that if a bookkeeper can come in and with a very clear summary that has 15,000 transactions going through in a month and we can see what's going on. Yeah. Other functions in the business can get as organized. So when you get a sales lead I, pipeline, yeah. you've got you've got not just a list of people who potentially will sign, you will have it in a way which also shows the leadership. Are these people engaged? Is there urgency? Are they converting? What's Absolutely. the next step? Yeah. So you're not one of these businesses that just has a really amazing seven figure sales pipeline, but no one's converting. Mm. So the principle that you kind of can see in a finance function I think it can apply to, I mean, even if you just take marketing and marketing analytics is that there can be a huge amount of activity and stats within marketing channels and activity, but just being able to elevate it to, to say, can you just tell me kind of like the VAT, the top five key things that give me some comfort that if I'm yeah. spending 10,000 pounds down Google, yeah, what's it doing for me? Is it, is it working or not? Yeah, absolutely. Or if it's working in some ways, where is it working well and where do I need to tweak it? Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of the, and, and early stage companies are really reliant on trying to find these great people who are the, the leaders of the future. So they have that nice mindset, but they yeah, were quite dependent on them. Yeah. And I like the way you've opened that up to the pipeline as well. So it's not just the figures as they arrive and, and they arrive on the books, you know, looking at the wider aspects, but applying the same principles of trust and relationship and process. You're now looking at the beginning part of that, you know, what's in the pipeline, what's coming does it does it actually convert is it just a number or is it you know yeah. is there are we somewhere near with our guesstimates and getting good totally at those? True. yeah I've, I've worked with businesses that yeah. have very very um small pipelines but because yeah. of that because of that transparency they've traded through and grown on a kind of i'm not saying close to death but kind of really close to the edge of what they could <laughs> afford yeah and i've seen other businesses that every month has got really 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 fat pipelines everyone's it's okay. We've got yeah, we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, and they're not around. Yeah. and it's that there is there's a, a lot of good lessons between kind of different functions in the business where you can kind of look at what somebody does and say um, they influence you or they influence another function to do something. So they can yeah. influence a bookkeeper to add a new account code in. Yes, or indeed. the bookkeeper can influence them and say, I think we need to add another account code in. Or, it's a two it's a two way fit. Yeah, or you know, you promised us this, you know, last quarter, and it didn't deliver at all. You know, this was the real number. This was the predicted number. This is the real number. You know, so actually, that kind of intelligence involves the bookkeeper as well as the yeah. sales staff, right? Yeah, I like that. Now, um, yeah. just before we kind of get into calls to actions and things like that, Mogamat um, said earlier on, leveraging the latest technologies allow for real time reporting. Tell us a little bit about the kind of automation, semi-automation processes that are important for small businesses to grow, um, Kieran. Yeah, there's there's more more and more um, automation tools that just mm. save time, move things quicker into a system. So if you bank or if you have expenses or sales invoicing or sales processing, it can allow a business that would other, otherwise have 
I don't say this sounds like we're going back to the past here, but stuff that was traditionally a cluster F bomb <laughs> now just flows straight straight through and can be closed off and reconciled so much quicker. Yeah, and I, I, I really think that we're in the early stages of this. I, th I think mm. you know pumping five thousand trans micro transactions into a, an accounting system can save a huge amount of time. Of course, it does mean that the controls around what is being passed through you all know kind of garbage in garbage out yeah is is also there's got to be some sort of kind of control gates on what is being automated yeah. it's a huge opportunity for a small business that if you get to a five mil turnover with a bookkeeper that's 20 hours a month and a small bit of fd time it just shows you what's possible indeed but that's not but that's not a business that's built on paper and stacks of stuff to be processed it's actually built on a business that sells a product but that the the ability for a customer to buy and get it fulfilled and for the accounting to track the sale all the way through and through to the VAT is just sensibly set up. Absolutely. So there's, there's Makes the right level of automation. Yeah. But it's it's every, every business should ask itself and also ask its bookkeeper, what could we change to semi-automate or fully automate certain processes? Oh, I love Click that. a button, it's done. Yeah, absolutely. And even if that's bespoke, you know, at least it could be, you know, that there's some sort of spreadsheet that makes it all work that brings it together um or, or a system or whatever that gives you the number that you need to look at and and to so make zero is an example yeah. exactly so zero as an example has yeah. plugins or apps that you can Absolutely. use that, that would just yeah. send the information through if it means that a business owner can see how they've done within three or four days yeah rather than three yeah. or four or five weeks later yeah. it can just shorten certain reporting timelines a lot quicker so your intelligence is faster back to, exactly back to making better business decisions, better decisions. they yeah. are making them because they've got the information on the place i like that and that brings me nicely on to your call to action here this is um i'm just bringing up your website here um now kieran just talk us through a little bit about your um your business and what you do and i love that triangle that we talked about earlier that you know, smart conversations between a virtual FD, you know, the bookkeeper role and the business are absolutely vital. And if you've got the right controls in place, those things are really easy. Talk talk us through that then, Kieran. Yeah, the, I, I, the businesses I work with, I guess, mm. uh, I mean, I say here, they're the multi-million pound businesses of the future. Yeah. And I guess own your numbers is something that I kind of condensed everything I do just into those three words. <laughs> is that if you can help a business owner to own their, their numbers, their finances, get on top of things, stay on top of things. Yeah. We all know that everybody is probably going to have some sort of um, growth or complication or complexity that comes into their business because of growth. And I guess from a starting point of view, I, I have a simple questionnaire that asks MDs and CEOs 20 simple questions yeah. just to try and see how you're feeling. Because... It's like going to the doctor. It's like they've got you've just got to try and triage and diagnose where it is you're at. And back to your kind of the triangle between a, a business owner and a bookkeeper and an FD. It is a, it's a great starting point just to understand who is helping you do certain things. Yeah. So I can't just interface through to a bookkeeper through the CEO. You build your own relationship. Indeed. And it's the same for the CEO has to build a relationship with the FD and the bookkeeper. I think yeah. we're saying you get into a dodecahedron very quickly, but I think organizations should show the complexity of all these relationships that as a business grows and you've got more customers, more stakeholders, more employees, you do want to look after these people. And back down to the, the bookkeeping role, 
they have a very important part of managing that but also they got the ability to interface with maybe an FD or a CFO later, as well as continuing to have a good relationship with the MD yeah. or business owner. And it's not just about the relationship. I mean, that's important. You're absolutely right. But it's also being open and honest about what's going on in the business. And, you know, actually the CEO needs to know and not just hide behind the account and say, well, everything's fine. You know, as long as the finance person doesn't say anything to me, you know, it's that conversation that needs to happen regularly to, um, you know, to, just to flesh out what's really going on um, so that totally. nobody's nobody's making assumptions, right? Break all the exactly. assumptions and see what's really there. You know, face the brutal facts that you've got right now. And they could be a good story or it might not be a good story, but at least you can do something with a bad story before it turns into a, a really, really bad story, right? Totally. And, and also you can learn lessons with a bookkeeper that you can apply to other parts of your business. Exactly. Equally, you can, you can discover and learn things in other parts of your business that help you think about this crucial crucial role or this 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 basically back down to fit have you got yeah. the right fit and this so is yeah really... there's a lovely there's a lovely kind of knowledge sharing just by as a business growth. Yeah. yeah if you find if you find one thing is easy to do well try and do that as many times as possible yeah i like that and you know what it is the... I think what this has highlighted this conversation today is the importance of that strategic direction, having those conversations. And, you know, Kieran, you know, you're a perfect person to have those kind of conversations with because, you know, you just have those insights and those 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 touch points that people need to hear and understand. And one of the first bits to that is this flash score. This is brilliant, this flash score. We, we did it as a business. And it really is useful. It's free, it's simple, um, and it just gives you indicators on, you know, how's your business doing? And some of this involves the bookkeeper as well. So the simple questions, you know, it's all point and shoot, but it works really well. And it got us thinking that actually we're running a tight ship, you know, um, but it shows you where your gaps are if you're not. And that's okay too, because it just shows you where your vulnerabilities are and what you need to close in on to make things better, right? You know, it's not a case of, oh no, you know, you've got a bad score. It's a case of, okay, we haven't got the score that we want. What what do we do to improve it? And these things are really important for those that's kinds it. of it's, interactions. It's, 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 for me, it's all about in a nice friendly way of not yeah. selling something to the wrong person. That's right. I'd love to just sit and understand how do you feel? Yeah. And and these these gaps do identify. I mean, anyone who's growing a business will will know know the, the challenges or the issues or the gaps they come yeah. up against. And I think you know, it's like anything, you don't need to know 20 problems. You probably will find that I always ask, what's the number one thing that's either a priority or a stress right now? And back to the kind of the aspirin bookkeepers being an aspirin Absolutely. for business owners. Yeah. Is sometimes you do need to take an aspirin, but actually there's other times where you'd prefer that you've made a change, you don't get the headache the second time around. Thanks, Kerry. And that's just brilliant. I like that. Take a glass of water, take the aspirin, don't get the headache. Love that. Thanks again, Kieran, for enlightening us today with this extraordinary and playful conversations that we've had. We've loved having you on the show again. Brilliant to see you. This show will be available on podcast as well too shortly, folks. So um, watch out for that. It'll be in the next couple of days or so. And um, yeah, remember to subscribe to Leaders Live email as well. Um, and um, the links will be in the feed as well, as well as Kieran's links. Hopefully we'll get those links in the feed as well. Um, if Marketing CX can put uh, Kieran's links in as well as our own links, that'll be great. Before I get on to next week um, and what's the show next week, what we're talking about next week, this is um, a quick um, shout out for Ghost and their show reel. So very briefly, here's a little bit about Ghost, our wonderful sponsors.
Lovely. So, yeah, Ghost are a brand and design agency uh, with an exceptional team, including Sarah, <laughs> who's our moderator, and uh, an exceptional team of highly skilled and vibrant people that help develop and shape brands to inspire your business. Um, just like ours, actually, and just like yours. So, um, and just talking about inspiring people, here's just Sarah just to quickly talk about our call to action. Um, take it away for us, Sarah. I think it's really valid today. Mm. It's a reminder that, you know, the, the whole team is really important. So the relationships you have, your is your communication, good communication. Yeah. You know, actually, if you need help with your teams, if you think mm, it's not quite right, you know, give Andrew a ring. We absolutely love to work with teams. Um, team days are really, really useful and beneficial for just making the maximum impact in a day to get things changed and moving forward really so yeah give us a call be absolutely fantastic um like to shout out for tilly thank you so much marketing cx they are a fantastic um linkedin um experts if you need help with linkedin for your business i would highly recommend them um and thanks for all the back office stuff they do for us so yeah. back to you andrew lovely thank you so the goose for next week we're just going to wrap up right now the goose for next week um next tuesday 25th of april at 8 45 AM UK time, um, we have the very funny and quick-witted John Attridge, CEO of BBX UK and a best-selling author and keynote speaker. He spills his guts on how to start, uh, grow, scale and exit a business. And our theme is uh, based on his latest book, Business Blunders and uh Bloody Great Ideas. Uh, that's a technical term, by the way. And uh, we think... You're going to love it. <laughs> and we can't wait. So be there or be square, folks. Um, we're going to close out to our outro. Thanks for listening again, folks. And uh, we will see you next week. And we'll wave goodbye to you on the outro. Cheers for now, folks. Bye-bye. See you, folks. <laughs> uh, I love this outro. I think this is just so cool. <laughs> Good stuff. Gotta work your way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See you again next week for another awesome, groovy show, folks. Cheers for now. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs>